Looking for a way to level up your coaching and win more? Get better fast with GMS Plus. GMS Plus is your on-demand source for the best, most proven volleyball courses, drills, stats, videos, tips, and much more. Learn from some of the game's winningest coaches and players, including Heather Olmsted, Keegan Cook, John Spraw, Mike Wall, and Courtney Thompson. I've learned a great deal from Gold Medal Squared, as have many of our guests. Whether you're trying to win a state championship or an Olympic gold medal, GMS Plus will help you get there. And we have a Coach Your Brains Out code for listeners. To get 20% off an annual subscription, go to goldmedalsquared.com slash CYBO and enter the code CYBO. That's goldmedalsquared.com slash CYBO. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. Okay, so I wanted to go into our uh, second part, which was a little bit inspired by Billy, as Billy has now uh, had his first, kind of in the middle of his first coaching uh, season in college. He's coaching at Cal. And he's been kind of throughout the year, he'll send me a text uh, randomly or we'll get on a call and chat about stuff. And most of the time I'm like, I, I don't know. And so I just figured if we got Joe here, we might as well do a an Ask Joe Anything, a, uh, an AMA of a sort. So uh, a lot of these were questions Billy has already asked me or just stuff from your your blog, which, um, you know, we've covered in the past, but it's been cool that you've been, you've been keeping uh, everyone up to date on what you're doing there and kind of how you're implementing a lot of this. So people want to follow up more. They can go to your your Substack, uh, but this this first one was was from one of the the posts you did. I think within the last maybe month or two, where you talk about the idea of uh, the idea of not using a, you advise against using we statements like we you know we got to make our serves things like that. Can you can you go into the why you you advise against that? Yeah, this is um, something I've been saying for a while, and I think it's always like a, I don't I don't know if it's like saying it's like controversial, but like, I think for a lot of people, it doesn't always resonate with them. Uh, and I think that's like a good sign. If it doesn't resonate with you, it's a good sign. Uh, because the, the reason that we statements are destructive is because most of the time people don't actually mean we, they mean you, but they're trying to disguise it. So like, we accept that, like, we don't want to like using a lot of you statements is probably not too productive. Like going in, Hey, you need to make your serve. Hey, you need to play harder. You need to play better. Like, we're like, Ooh, that's like a pretty extreme statement. Not that you would never say that, but it's like, well, that's a pretty extreme statement to say that. And, um, so, but so a lot of times people will say we to kind of cover that up. And I think people do it like subconsciously. It's kind of almost like a mannerism that's sort of been learned by the time somebody's in high school or college or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so they'll come in the huddle and be like, Hey, we girls, we got to make our serves. But that's said by somebody who didn't just miss their serve. Like, so, John, you haven't missed your serve yet this game. You've made both of your serves this game. And Billy just missed his last serve. So when you come in the huddle and you say, we need to make our serves, that's not what you mean. You mean that Billy needs to make his serve. And basically what it means is you're mad that Billy missed his, even more specifically, it means that Billy, you're mad that Billy missed his serve because Billy's not going to serve for another four rotations anyway. So it's going to be a whole, it's only 22-22. Billy's probably not even going to serve this game. So you're just really saying, I'm mad that Billy missed his last serve. And if I say a we statement, it kind of covers that up, but it doesn't really cover it up. Kind of like all of this stuff. Um, and I think, uh, you know, like you kind of imagine it like a husband and wife. Uh, hey, hey, we need to make sure that we, uh, we, uh, we have some healthy food in, um, in her lunchbox when she goes to school. 
and your wife's like, well, I'm the one preparing the meal. So who is this we that you're talking about? Uh, so that's kind of what I mean about some of these we statements. Like if you generally mean a we, it's like, hey, Monday you prepare the lunch and Tuesday I prepare the lunch. And then, and I'm like, hey, hey, we, hey, when we're at the grocery store, let's get some stuff because, hey, when I was making the lunch the last time, dude, I, I just put like a candy bar in there because I didn't like, I didn't have any fruit chopped up or something like that. That's a we statement that makes sense because it is a we statement. And even like, if you can get the we statement to be more of an I statement, that's even better. Hey, I'm finding that I'm not um, getting the best lunch, the lunchbox repair or something like that. Or it's like, you know, to make it like a volleyball, you know, in a post-game match. Hey, I'm having some struggle here with maintaining focus on my serve. Like, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's sit down and talk about how we can, you know, if this is a player talking about it. Hey, I'm having a little trouble with this. Hey, let's, uh, let's figure out how we can maintain our focus better. You know, something like that. Um, hey, I'm feeling like, my, like I'm not totally entering the game ready to go because I'm letting myself get a little distracted in the, in the pregame uh, warm-up. Pre-game warm-up's not as tight and I'm not playing my best because of it. Can any, you know, can somebody here help me out? Uh, so that's what I mean by the, by the we. If, if, it's, if it's truly a we statement, hey, all good. But, but if you actually mean you, then only say it if you would say a you statement, which is a, a pretty, you know, it's a pretty aggressive thing. So it's to be used sparingly. Is there some, some middle ground I could use? Let's say I am, you know, whether I'm a coach or a teammate of Billy's and he's missing his serves and I'm making all mine. And I don't want to come in and say, you know, we got to make our serves. I don't want to come in and say you, you know, and kind of point him out. Is there, is there some sort of language or, or is it, I just got to kind of take a deep breath and, um, you know, move on myself. You know, I, I think in, in that case, uh, probably just taking a deep breath and moving on is probably one of the ways to go. But uh, I think if you could kind of phrase it in a way that you can uh, back them up a little bit, I don't know. So I'm imagining like, okay, you guys out on the beach, John, you're the defender. You know, if your servers, you know, if your blocker's been missing some serves, maybe you say to them, like, hey, man, like, you don't need to, like, hey, you don't need to win the game. Like, in this case, you are turning into a you statement. So then you got to find a you statement, I think, that you would feel comfortable saying, hey, man, you don't need to win the game all at once with your serve. I got you on the defense. Hey, keep that, keep that serve in, and I'll, I'll dig up some of these balls. You don't need to win it all yourself. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's probably kind of the message that you're trying to serve to them. If it's like just, hey, you need to be a better server, then in match is probably not the time for that. But maybe before the next practice, maybe part of that is. And it's like, you know, obviously, like if it's a doubles team or something like that, then you're sitting down, maybe you're sitting down with the staffs and you're saying, hey, look, man, this is uh, two straight tournaments. You served in at 75%. We're having trouble uh, scoring on your serve. Let's, uh, we got to figure something out. And then maybe that's, that could be the role for the coach to say, you know, something like that. So that is where the, then the coach might not say we, the coach would say you. Hey, right now you're, I mean, because, so I've had that conversation with a couple of players here. Hey, you're serving, you're serving in 80%. We need to change what you're doing with your serve. You're not doing this spin serve anymore. You're hitting, now, now we're going to a float serve and here's why. That kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, that's a big difference between like, we can't do this, we can't miss, we can't make mistakes versus here's, here's some next steps. Like here's, you know, here we're going to identify the problem, but also like, let's, let's come up with how, you know, I can either help out how you're going to make changes. Like that's a, a huge difference when you, if you're going to add in the you. Yep. Next question, Joe, what in-game stats are you taking and how does that help you make decisions in the match? Yeah, pretty, uh, pr pretty simple here. I, I was saying people, 
because I'm so I'm not write a lot about stats and a lot of post game analysis and stuff like that. Uh, in game, I think pretty simple. Um, the try I keep the triangle in game, so I like to kind of see which assets of the match were were winning and losing. Um, you know, are we ahead in the third pass? Are we ahead in the, in in the first ball? Are we ahead in transition, um, and then just kind of uh, individual passing and attacking. So as an individual, as a player passing or attacking well, um, and then to kind of link them, like it's like, uh, hey, are we kind of really is it surpass? Is it really killing us, or did I just just notice that we gave up a couple balls, but we're still hanging in there in that phase? But I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty straight up, pretty basic um, with the end game. And I try to approach it from the standpoint of like, well, what changes would I make? And then what information do I need to have to make that change? And sometimes your eye is pretty good. Um, and I, I, I do think sometimes your eye can see things before the stats reflect them because I'm not going to make a decision on if a sample size of six. So if somebody has passed six balls and uh, I'm, not, I'm just not really going to look at the stats, I would trust my eye more. Well, okay, this, this opponent, um, this player that we're serving over there, um, we identified her as the serving target, and we served her six balls. And just, she's look, making some really good angles. She's looking really good. So I would trust that rather than say, like, oh, we served her six balls, and she's passing. She passed four out of six in system. Like, God, that doesn't mean anything compared to the previous um, research that hopefully that we've gone into. Maybe you've you've had stats from 50 or hundred of her previous receptions. So I would trust those more than the stats from the six receptions, but I might say like, wow. Okay. Like just her angles are looking really sharp or something like that. And then I would go to like, but do we think that we can break her down over time? Have I seen that happen in previous matches where it's like, Hey, she's held up and then eventually she cracks. So maybe we can do that. Or if we had a plan to serve her because it's going to affect her attacking in, in some way. Okay. Then maybe I would do that. But, um, then, um, a lot of times maybe like between sets two and three is okay. This person's had a chance to attack 18 balls already and they're hit negative or something like that. Okay. That's it. Maybe you're, maybe your stats are coming in a little bit there, but just pretty much the boring stuff hit the triangle and then uh individual passing and attacking. I was thinking about the, uh, those, the scenarios. Uh, so I don't know, you know, you're, you're the head coach. Do you have assistants that are tracking this? You know, so you can be doing cartwheels and wave your hands and yell at the players during the play. Or um, if you're, I guess, taking it more to uh, maybe a club coach who it's just them. You know, I've heard people, well, if I'm looking down and tallying half the time, I can't correct the players. I can't coach them. I don't have my finger on the pulse. Like, how do I guess, how do you balance that? And how do you think about those those scenarios? Uh, when, I, when I've coached club volleyball, which I've done recently, you know, uh, I've coached club volleyball. I never kept stats in match. Um, if I had an assistant, I would ha I would have them uh, keep the stats. But um, when I was a club coach, I never kept stats because I also think that there was too much uh, too much uh, valuable teaching opportunity in club volleyball, and uh, I was always really trying to teach. Not even actually just the um, the players on the court, but the players on the bench. Actually, it's a huge opportunity to teach. Uh, uh, so I, I spent a lot of time, you know, like I said, yeah, doing cartwheels and cheering on your team or whatever, whatever your, your style is there in game. And then also a lot of time, uh, kind of standing up, but down closer to where the players are standing up to say like, Hey, like, did you see this? Or, okay, let's see if we can call out a uh, free ball down ball. Or let's see if we can call out the tips when we see them over there. 
just to kind of keep, because, okay, especially if you're coaching 13, 14 and unders, just that ability to maintain your attention in the game is, is challenging. Or if you run a six, two, like a lot of club teams do, maybe you're standing over there by your setter who's getting ready to come in the game. Okay. Hey, look at what they're doing on the block. Hey, look, let's, let's look like they're leaving our right side pretty open every time. Okay. Every time uh, Jessica out there is moving forward, their middles following her. So it looks like anytime that pass moves you forward, that back set's going to be wide open, something like that. Um, just those kind of teaching opportunities are pretty huge in club volleyball. So I don't want to pass them up uh, for keeping, keeping the staff. And also a lot of times in club volleyball, I have, I generally have more of a, um, uh, like not equal playing time would not be right, but more of like a predetermined amount of playing time, especially, uh, especially for most of the tournament. So it'd be pretty rare in club volleyball that I would sub a kid out for playing poorly unless she was playing poorly and now crying on the court, unless she's, you know, something like that. So I, I generally don't do that in club volleyball. Like I'm going to sub somebody out uh, for playing poorly. Um, and we're probably having something where it's like, Hey, you play set one and you over there, you play set two or something like that. I probably have more of a predetermined. And then like, probably until like maybe we get in the playoffs or something like that. But then I have kind of the time to uh, sit and reflect. And if the assistant coach is able to keep some stats, maybe I can um, have something like that. But, but actually, Usually I don't base it off uh, within a tournament uh, stats uh, for club volleyball. Usually I've done more like, um, hey, you play set one and you play set two and then set three. Who, if we go to set three, uh, whoever's team won their set, they then that player would get to play uh, or something like that. I usually I usually do it more more based off that kind of stuff. So I've been doing taking triangle during my matches for the last couple of years and I've liked it a lot. Um, one just yeah it gives you you your attention to maybe the areas we we're struggling in. Um, it seems that sometimes terminal serves that win loss doesn't really dictate whether we're serving tough or winning that serving battle because you know you could be missing a lot of serves but then getting a lot of knockouts and stuff like that. Um, and you wrote recently on uh, the knockout percentage and how you like that. I guess how would you weave that in to stat taking or you can even just address I guess just how important that knockout percentage is and, and what it is. Yeah, so just knockout percentage is if you uh, knock the other team out of system, so they uh, they don't have a uh, an instant pass. So I don't know if you're using a three point passing scale, then you force a, a one or a two. Um, and, and actually, uh, sometimes I even find teams just like to do it, like they just force a one, because uh, sometimes that that two to three pass, depending on kind of how you're really judging that medium pass, um, is you're not for a lot of teams and a lot of levels that semi system. You're, you're still siding out like 60% or so. So then in that case, you just do it as more of a one pass. Um, and that's a, it's a really nice way, I think, to easily uh, evaluate servers, especially because depending, again, depending on your level, you know, a good mark might be 40%. A good mark might be 50%. In high school, a good mark might be 60% or two thirds, 67%. So it's kind of like uh, the good thing about uh, knockout percentage is it, it feeds well into drills. So you can kind of figure out what the right uh, le- uh, goal is for your level. And then you can make these little mini drills. Okay, you're going to, um, it's going to be serve pass in this rotation, five balls, same, same server is going to serve five balls. And uh, the server, if you knock them out of system, uh, three out of five, you win. And uh, passers, if you get three out of five, passers win or something, or, you know, you can kind of have a wash or something like that. Um, so uh, that's pretty good. Um, and I, I, I like keeping that um, during the game. And uh, what you said about triangle is, uh, is, is true, and it's interesting. The terminal serving 
um, especially sometimes with in, in a shorter sample size because, um, hey, we might have won that set 25 to 17, which means we served 25 times, which also means we can miss more serves. <laughs> uh, and especially um, if you're at the collegiate level, especially if, if there's any kind of uh, spin serving going on, um, where you have servers taking a little more risk, um, serving more can actually mean that you end up losing uh, that game. Whereas uh, in, if, if it's more of a 25-23 sort of deal, you're going to see that terminal serve. So it's interesting where the terminal serve tends to affect close matches a bit more because you don't have this skew where one team is serving uh, more than the other team. And uh, that problem is, is not as big of a deal, for example, in high school or club volleyball where ace to error ratio is typically higher than one. So in high school volleyball, it's typical that good servers can serve two, three aces per missed serve. But in college volleyball, it's one-to-one. -one. It's actually a bit below one-to-one -one. Um, for, for most college teams. It's, it's closer to um, like three uh, missed serves for every two aces uh, is, is more typical. So if you have, um, and likewise, if you lose a set 17 to 25, it's very possible that the other team missed three serves and you only missed two and each team got ace one time. That's, that's pretty common. Uh, so it would kind of look like you won the serve pass battle. Um, so I think like on that, if you're looking within, a, if your question kind of is about, hey, how do I use it within a game? I think that's a pretty good strategy that you look more at the knockout percentage. Um, and then if you're kind of looking more at a season or you're looking at more close matches, then the terminal serving um, is a nice one. No, that's, I think that's exactly what it was. Cause we played like a, a top team that took it to us. And I was like, Oh, we beat them in serving pass or, yeah. you know, the serve terminal serves. And that was the scenario. But I, yeah. But I bet if you looked at the percentages, yeah. yeah. So I bet if you looked at your in-system passing percentage, it was probably lower than those, but they, yeah. they were just serving more. Yeah. So, I mean, the good thing is you didn't lose cause you got aced off the court, but you probably then lost cause you couldn't first ball side out because the passing percentage was probably too low. Correct. Correct. Um, so some other than, yelling at their players to talk more and communicate. Uh, something I hear coaches say a lot is to talk about their team's energy. And it's like, we're losing because we're not fired up. And that seems like in timeouts, uh, a refrain I hear, especially like at the club level. Um, is team's energy something you think about? Like, how would you measure that or improve it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think energy uh, matters a lot. Um, I kind of put these four things that I think uh, as players and as players have, uh, capacities for, and therefore as coaches, we have the ability to influence and that's uh, attention, intention, power, and energy. So it's like uh, intention, like what you're trying to do in the play attention. That's like what you're focusing on, right? This is like the whole in internal external and attention. And then uh, you have the power. So that's like how you express that uh, in a short burst. And then energy is right. That's uh, so like uh, power is, is uh, energy or work uh, in a unit time. And energy is kind of like the, uh, how much capacity you have to keep it going. Like energy is like your battery, right? So I think, I think it matters a lot. Um, so I think, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's real individual. So first of all, I think that there's like a, um, a what was it? Uh, you know, Marv would say fatigue makes cowards of us all. So first of all, there's like a, a physical nature to energy. So like, hey, this is why a lot of times 12-year-olds, 12-year-old teams can have high energy because uh, there's not a ton of power output because they're so small. 
and stuff like that. And and uh, hey, twelve year olds that haven't been uh, you know beaten down by life just yet. So like they're pretty enthusiastic. So they have a lot of physical and mental energy. And uh, on the beach, right? Like hey, you you might have that six match. Like if you had to come out of the qualifiers and then you had to work through and and work out of the uh, challenge bracket, like dude on Sunday or whatever it is, the energy might be low. You might be trying to summon it, but just physically your physical battery is a little bit spent. So I think, so I think those are some considerations in the club level. I mean, it literally could be, did you get a good night's sleep before? Did you eat breakfast? What did you eat for breakfast? So that is something that uh, when I've coached a competitive club team, I have, you, you know, Hey, before your first match, if we're playing the first match, we try to be there an hour before the match starts. And uh, you know, you assign a team parent that's going to bring, Hey, agreed upon protein bar or help, you know, something. And I ask all the players when they come in, Hey, what did you have for breakfast? And if the answer is a bagel, all right, Hey, grab a protein bar from the snack bag or something like that. Cause yeah, you got to eat a little bit more than the, than the bagel. You can't just have 150 calories or something like that. Um, so, and then same thing, if you're looking towards the last match of the day, Hey, what did you have for lunch? Or are we playing right after, you, you know, that time period and everybody just shoves some nachos in their face. It's going to be a little, I mean, so you have kind of that physical uh, capacity of energy. And I think like people, I think people do kind of underrate that a little bit. Um, and then it, it kind of make it all a mental process when energy is, it is a physical process. I think it is a physical uh, capacity. Um, and then it's also, um, I think your training um, is your training. Like what kind of energy level do you have? in practice because i think that we we can and should ask for at least that much in a match probably hopefully a little bit more um and uh, especially like i don't know i think about like high school match or college match where it's one match you have more like specific preparation and focus for that club for club volleyball i do think sometimes you know you're playing in a convention center two-day tournament sometimes all the matches blur together um but um so what kind of energy level do we have during practice? And I'm going to judge that as that's about our capacity that we want to be operating within the match. And uh, so then if it's, so then there's one of two problems. Uh, so first problem could be, Hey, we're in the match and our energy isn't super high, but it's about the same as the energy in practice. Okay. All right. So that just tells us, Hey, we got to build our capacity physically and mentally for energy level in practice. We got to, I don't know. We got to compete more. We got to find games that we get fired up about. We got to be high five, whatever, whatever your stuff is about energy. The practice level energy has got to raise or practice energy is high, is higher or like, or just match energy is not high, not higher than practice because you'd expect it to be a little bit higher. Um, and then that's the case is like, um, what's the blocker? I usually think more like it's less about boosting energy and more about not blocking it. So like, I mean, the common source is you're not playing. Hey, so uh, I had energy in practice because I was getting to play and now I'm sitting on the bench, so I don't have energy. So uh, you got to talk about, so um, is there like, how do you unblock that? Or uh, my energy is low, like I'm playing, but my energy is down because I'm just thinking about my mistakes. So that's like a really common energy blocker, right? You're thinking about mistakes. So a lot of this comes uh, back to, again, like with all these culture answers, like I, I just have like really, like really pretty simple ones uh, that I just try to do pretty consistently. So there's uh, kind of two of them for me here. And uh, one of them is uh, just win the next point focus. 
So like, it's like the most trite thing in sports, right? That we're just going to focus on winning the next point uh, because that does, that unblocks a lot of the energy blockers. Like if you're thinking about the last point that drains your energy and you have less focus on the next point. If you just manage to put your focus on the next point, um, then you're going to have less uh, energy blockers because you have less about that. Um, if you're worried about your uh, playing time or not, or whether you've been in the game or not, you're not, you're, you're not all focused on helping win the next point. And maybe all you can do is uh, cheer from the bench or call out a uh, tip or free ball from the bench or something like that, or uh, at more sophisticated levels, okay, high, high level college ball. Maybe it's when you're the setter and you're not in the game, your job is to watch the opposing block. So this, this would be the, the specific case for me. Uh, on my team. If you're setting and you're in the game, your job is to beat the block and create opportunities uh, for your uh, team to score. And when you're the setter that's not in the game, your job is to be studying the block to during timeouts or something like that. Uh, give that, uh, help give that information. Are they fronting? Are they pinching? Are they, are they staying spent? Okay. So, um, so then you kind of have these jobs and these expectations. So that's the one thing is, is when the next point focus. And then like, hey, how do you do the mechanics, all, all those unblocking? Hey, there's better, there's better people than me. I, I know that you're supposed to do them and I, I try my hardest uh, to unblock them, but probably some of the nuances, uh, you guys had a lot of great guests on that. And then um, another kind of just thing that's sort of related to that is, uh, hey, your job uh, as a player on this team is uh, to, to know your role, uh, do your job and support your teammates. And uh, I think, I, I, I heard that specifically from a coach who brings out guests. And uh, I can't remember. Anything. I think he was the guy who's worked a lot with Creighton, um, and they had that like app. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, he wrote the book. Uh... Larry Winman. Or... Larry Winman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. That sounds right. Yep. So I, I think he was the one who said it, and I like, oh, that's great. Write, write that down. That oh, a simple numbered list that I can teach people. Okay, I can get my head around that. Um, so that's what I um, just say to players all the time. Hey, here's your job. Like, what's What's getting in the way? Like, if you don't know, if you uh, don't know your role and also uh, in that, uh, also accept your role. Um, if, if that is causing a problem, then that's going to drain your energy because like some of, some of your material, like some of your mental space is going towards that. Um, and then like, okay, doing your job. Are you focused on doing your job or are you focused on all these other factors? And then are you supporting your teammates? So like, if those three things are in reasonable shape um, and you're focused on winning the next point, Energy level, I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be like about, it's going to be up to your capacity. And then like just over the long training time, the, it's got to raise. But uh, I think the coaches want to like try to have some artificial way to boost it in the short term. And I think like, I think in the short term, all you can do is unblock it. And then in the long term, then you got to train it. You got to train it physically and you got to train it uh, mentally. This seems like one topic that really falls into the we statements you brought up. Like, we've got to bring more energy this like you know kind of broad yeah. where where maybe yeah. billy billy was super focused and locked in and you can't see him like jumping around but he's himself and he's locked in and then you know i don't know his buddy casey is normally dancing isn't isn't actually dancing around today you know so so kind of lose track of that's where you gotta like treat each person like an individual understand what their energy is like okay. and and when you do that then yeah but yeah it seems like the we statement trap uh really yep. uh you'd fall into that and i and i think that's so uh one of the one of the things i put uh kind of in that in that same sort of article was uh basically uh turn uh turn words into works so it's like 
So, hey, what does that mean? Because, and players will say, hey, yeah, we got to talk out there. Okay, so if we talk, what volleyball plays will that change? Yeah. If we have energy, what volleyball players will that change? So that could be different, again, for different, or like I said, hey, supporting your teammates. That, again, that's kind of like words. So, hey, for you, what does supporting your teammate mean? And so for some players, it's like, hey, I'm going to get hyped. I'm going to give high fives. I'm going to cheer for everybody. For some players, it means like I'm going to cover every single ball. Like, hey, maybe I'm not going to always be like the loudest cheerleader, but like I will cover every ball. I will pick up every single tip. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome way to support your teammates. So I think I think I think if you kind of unleash the individual capacities of each player, right, then then you're multiplying it up rather than some of the parts. Yeah, much more meaningful. 